RVN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, still in Manhattan, Kansas. This time it's for the Kansas Ag Summit that's taking place with the Kansas governor. Lots of great things talked about. No surprise, and it's what we're going to be talking about today. A lot of talk about the weather, what's happening with this crop as we get closer and closer to harvest. And also the talk here around the water cooler has been what's South America's plans. As it's hard to believe, but their planting season is just around the corner as well. Sue Martin is joining us. Sue, of course, with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So let's kind of start out. Corn and beans, I know that it continues to be a weather market. What are some of the things that's catching your attention? Well, I think in the... Um First thing was the changes in forecast going back towards more of a hot, dry forecast. Unfortunately for your neck of the woods, uh, South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Western Iowa, especially far southwestern Iowa. And um, then the rains um, are to hit more into the Delta and the far southern plains, maybe catch on into part of Indiana. Uh, Eastern Iowa and Illinois maybe catches a rain this weekend. But all in all, it's um, it's very much largely weather right now. And then Europe, which was supposed to be catching some rains, all of a sudden it sounds like those rains are going to disappoint and be very uh, warm and dry. But the key is, you know, when you look at China, the Yangtze River is at record low levels. You know, it's crazy. China, the last two years, 2020 and 2021, endured record flooding. In fact, it was so bad that they thought the Three Gorges Dam was going to be breached. And this year, now there's some areas in southern China that has caught some flooding. But then you look at where the Yangtze River runs, more in central to maybe a little southern China. And uh, it's really just horrifically hot, running 108 to 111 degrees. And they've been doing this for over 64 days. So they're... They're really, um, it's just like extremes. And they're now talking about seeding the clouds. So we'll see what happens there. But um, uh, China's going to be needing food. And when I look at China, I know everybody talks about how their economy's in, in, you know, sliding, which to some degree is to be expected when they were in lockdowns. But they've come out of lockdowns now. And so they're going to be on the the mission to import products to get these factories up and running. And I think instead of being so negative on China, I think we have to be a little optimistic, thinking things are going to get better for their economy. Interest rates having been dropped by uh, the Bank of China, surprisingly, this past week. But uh, I think China is going to really come out of this and they're going to surprise us just how strong they become. That's very good for imports. And, of course, uh, you know, China, um, of course, not importing any pork, but they are importing beef. And, of course, uh, the um, uh, imports to China on new crop beans was quite large, um, 29 million uh, bushels, I believe, in this last um, week that we've seen in sales. And, um, you know, and I just have to look at uh, then the other areas where they may have some production for corn and for soybeans, but it's their wheat crop, their rice, and then cattle are also struggling with this high heat that they're dealing with. 
And isn't there a pressure too on them? I mean, the fact that they've got so many people to feed and and they're, they're they're having those talks with Russia. So you wonder what kind of alliance is happening between them and how that's going to affect grain movement coming out of the, the breadbasket? Well, exactly. And uh, today the United Nations and Ukraine and Turkey were to have a, a meeting to discuss about reaching out to Russia, supposedly in a more um, congenial way to try to keep them on deck with the uh, Black Sea movement. Well, because of that, that really weighed on wheat. And wheat prices are, um, as of today, they came down to a very good support trend line that goes all the way back to July of 2020. So we'll see. This should be an area where we're finding some support here uh, in the wheat market. You know, it's we've priced a lot of Ukraine already in. And we've broken over $5 on uh, Chicago wheat and about $6 on KC. So I think markets are a little overdoing it. In the meantime, the corn, I look at corn, and um, here again, it's all about our weather, crop condition ratings. But, you know, as you start to get at this time of the year, in towards like September, condition ratings do start to drop on corn because the crop doesn't look so nice. And uh, But yet there's going to be some concerns. Now, next week, the Pro Farmer Tour starts. And they tend to be a little more optimistic yield, so which means a little negative price. But we'll see what they find. In the meantime, um, the soybean market, you know, you look at uh, Brazil, and my latest weather that I've seen, weather outlook, is predicting a third La Nina, which is not common, but it's happened. And it should last on into uh, February, March. Well, if that's the case, that doesn't spell good things for soybeans. And then you look at, okay, so the past year, calendar year for uh, Brazil has not been good for production. First it was safrina corn, then it was the beans. What if they go into a full second year? That's not going to be good at all. But then you have the U.S. struggling as well. Our Colorado River, record low. You know, again... Over in Europe, the Rhine River, almost to record low levels and very concerning. So we're seeing this pattern around the world, and it just it can't spill anything good for food. Yeah, very much so. We'll stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to take a look at what might be happening basis-wise. I know that many folks are talking some early harvest taking place because of this dry weather. And what type of toll is this taking on the livestock, even though we saw some decent cash offerings out there in the countryside? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide-labeled VM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. Again, Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Let's take a look at basis levels. What are you hearing in the countryside, especially as some folks are talking about some early harvest? Well, basis levels have been kind of a mixed affair. Parts of the eastern side of the Corn Belt, like in Indiana, for example, it's weakened. But on the western side, 
it's strengthening. So I, you know, and I am hearing about some bean harvest starting in Arkansas, but then they're now forecast to be catching some of this rain. So we'll see how much they get. Uh, one thing that we've had is not been a lot of uh, concern over uh, tropical storms or hurricanes. But, you know, we still have uh, another two months left of the um, uh, hurricane season, so I shouldn't speak too soon. But I will say the basis in our area, while it has come down a little bit, it still remains pretty strong, especially in corn. So so looking at, um, is there any worries about what might happen, especially when we've got areas of Kansas, um, even Nebraska talking um, some early work on this crop to put some added pressure, especially from a livestock perspective? Well, I don't know if it'll pressure prices a lot. Okay. Um, it, you know, I think I see corn and soybeans both in a holding pattern per se. Now, keep in mind, at the end of July, we closed higher for the month on soybeans. And so we made a higher high here in August. Now, the question mark will be, can we hang on to this into the turn of month of September? A lot of times, beans will rally into about September 8th, 9th, 10th, 12th. That's a pre-harvest rally. The corn, um, it too has a very good trend line of support, kind of cuts through the lows that we've seen here in uh, uh, late July to August, but comes across that gap up or breakaway gap that we've got on beans, and we have it in corn. We have it in hogs as well, but hogs are breaking down. So I think the corn, if we can close December corn over 622 and a half, you now have a higher monthly close going at the end of August on corn. That should portend more push as we move into September. Looking over at the over at the livestock side, it's been a long time. Thursday cash cattle sales is not something we're used to. The South saw some higher numbers. We had talk of uh, some northern bids at 150. That kind of set the tone. As you look at this whole picture for cattle, what is your thoughts on the way it's trading wrapping up a week? Well, I think if we wrap up this week, I look for the cattle market, the futures on the fats to be a little bit on the softer side. Now, we did make it up to the 146.25 area basis October cattle, but they broke back today, which is to be expected. The market reached an area of resistance that we filled the gap that's been there since April. Don't hold me to this. I want to say April 22nd or something like that. So we filled that. So the market's kind of catching a move back. In years past, there's a tendency when you rally cattle prices into August, sometimes it can last into early September, you'll tend to break into October. This could be one of those years. Is there any added pressure, though, because we might not see as many cattle coming to market because they went earlier due to the dry weather? Well, I think that's true, and I think that's the concern. Packers are still making money, and although it's not quite as lustrous as it was, so packers are going to push to, to bid for the cattle they can get to be able to process while they can still remain as profitable as possible. But I think that also we're coming in towards fall, you know, school lunch programs, what have you, adds a little more demand towards the product. So if we confirm this product up, that's a good thing too. But um, I think that it's going to be an interesting time because everybody's bullish cattle as we go into next year. Looking at, we saw a big drop happening in this hog market. Is that going to be something we're going to see continuing into next week? 
I think so. Um, the hogs, I think the problem we've got with hogs is exports right now on pork. Mm-hmm. Importing pork from our hogs from Canada, uh, importing from uh, Mexico, I think that, and we're not exporting to China. So that's the concern we have right there. And I think that's weighing on the hog market for now. And we've had hogs at pretty good numbers. Um, so we're into a downslide on the hog market. Um, and I don't think we're done. This is the first good week of a setback. I would think next week we will slip a little further, possibly into Monday, possibly Wednesday. Then we might stick a low and try to reprieve. Labor Day purchases have already been done, so let's hope we see some good movement over those counters. Exactly. I agree. Well, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and y'all have a great day. Thanks so much, Sue. Sue Martin's been joining us today. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com. Wherever you subscribe on those free platforms, it is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids right here on the Rural Radio Network.